Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Uh, check out our Facebook page. You can just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. You'll find it there. And you can email us at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 38.5, and as always on the point five pod on Friday, I am joined by the legal counsel of the Bono's, Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, my co-host, Ellen Wigginger. Ellen, how you doing? You know, I'm all right, but it's 86 degrees outside right now, and we're supposed to get a foot of snow possibly over the next two days. Well, you got to look Denver. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting weekend. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's going to cool down here in Kansas a little bit, but only into the 60s. So, yeah, I, I can't, I don't think I've, I mean, I'm sure we've had it happen here as well. You get to 80, 75 or 80 and it snows the day later. I've, I think I've seen that before. Uh, yeah, but usually it's not quite this late in may yeah i mean we're up again. we'll have it in october we'll have it in april and earlier in may but the rule of thumb out here is after mother's day you're pretty safe well two weeks later we're gonna get socked so well Cheers. good luck to you i hope you don't get snowed in <laughs> all right hey got a few different things we're going to touch on today just a few subjects uh, i want to start with uh, we're recording this on Thursday instead of Wednesday, which is mm-hmm. kind of a good thing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I'll give you the choice. You want to go NBA game ones or why we're so glad we waited a day because of the SEC? I mean, both are kind of hilarious for their own reasons, right? Let's go NBA to start, and then we'll get into coach-on-coach violence after that. Okay. All right, so – uh, game ones. Uh, now we're we're again we're recording this. When you hear this, game two, the Eastern Conference Finals will already have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. But as we see it now, it's one nothing uh, Miami. Uh, they really kind of just ran away in the late in the game, last quarter of the game against the Celtics. Uh, so they built up a lead early, uh, even short a couple of players. They didn't have Marcus Smart or Al Horford. Right. Um, do you have any thoughts? Did you watch the game first off? Or any I, I watched little pieces of both of them, but not huge chunks. I don't think you had to watch much of the Western Conference game. I thought the Celtics heat game kind of proved what I said on, on Monday, at least gave me some evidence that what I said on Monday was good, that I think that either of these two teams is going to win mm-hmm. the NBA Finals. And I think that these are the two teams in the league that I think – that are actually well coached. Yeah. You could argue Memphis and a few others, but what I mean by that is the coaches have a system mm-hmm. and they have the players they want. And it's not a star player coaching the team. You know, the Kevin Durant's, the, the LeBron, the, right. the uh, Giannis, even Steph Curry a little, those guys, everything runs through them. Yeah. What I really like about these two teams in particular is that the coaches, um, I mean, Eric Spolstra in Miami, I think is the most underrated coach in the history of the NBA. He's a great in-game adjustment coach. And I just think he has been so good with every type of team 
Mm-hmm. He'd won with the Dream Team. Yep. You know, one of those pairings. He's won with with a, a bag of rummies, basically. And yeah. then he gets now he has Jimmy Butler and they've improved that team and they're winning more. Yeah. Um, I just find him very impressive as a coach. And he's very nice to look at too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just noting that. And in the Celtics, I think are the great example of a team that, you know, you can argue, I guess you could say Jason Tatum is a superstar, but mm-hmm. like the Heat, they don't have like the tippy top kind of superstar. There's no, no LeBron, there's no Kevin Durant or Giannis. I mean, none of those guys are on these two teams. And these two teams are better for that, I think. And, you know, as much as I still hold grudges about Marcus Smart and his years in the Big 12, he's turned into the defensive player of the year. And he continues to do it and just has really kind of found a good fit for him, which I'm thrilled. You know, um, I still hate him a little bit. Yeah, you know, and I guess KU fans do hate Marcus Smart. He's got a special place in KU fans' hearts. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I was taken aback. I mean, that first game, so then game one, we come to game one, the Celtics don't have, um, you know, their best two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't have, they don't have uh, Marcus Smart. They don't have Al Horford. They do have Jason Tatum, but you can see without those two starters uh, for medical stuff that it was uh, going to be kind of strange. Yeah. And, the Celtics came out and were slugging and ended up building like a 15-point lead going into the th- middle of the third quarter. And then the Celtics end up losing the lead. The Heat come back. Mm-hmm. I think that was just a lot of those, like you were saying earlier, the in-game adjustments, the Heat were just fantastic on in yep. game one. I, I need to turn on game two. I'll start here in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that it was pretty fantastic. The other game, we got the Warriors – in their series against the Mavs, this wasn't much of a game at all. Well, and I think people thought it would be so different given how the Mavs just shut down the Suns in yeah. Game 7. And then there was so much nonsense on Monday um, with certain people just running their mouths about Chris Paul. Uh, and that was its own special circus. But uh, yeah, it, it felt really flat, at least from the Mavs standpoint on that first game against the Warriors. I think it said really well that they fell flat. I mean, I think there was so much Sunday's game seven took so much out of those guys. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking when I was recording Sunday night, I said, I kind of like them in this series. I, I like that they would take the momentum with them. Doesn't mean they still yeah. can't, but um, it, it was not, a, they were not, they were, did not look great in game one against the Warriors. And the Warriors shot the lights out, too. I mean, it's just, if they're shooting well, they're hard to go. They're going to be, I, I, that's the difference between having a seven-game series for a championship and having a one-game playoff, so to speak, sure. is that, yeah, if, if the Warriors get hot, you're not going to lose. But you can still lose a series because you can't just shoot that well for seven games. Yeah, and, you know, the Warriors are always going to have a true home, home court advantage. And they just shoot lights out when they're home and they continue to do so. Yeah. And you just brought up something I want to talk about. Uh, Yeah. I want you to take a lead. It's Chris Paul. This was Sunday night. First off, what is your take on your idea of Chris Paul's been getting run over the rails this week? 
Yeah. What are your thoughts on Chris Paul? You know, um, I, this week has been a week for me of things breaking down and getting them fixed. And so I spent half the morning on Monday at the auto shop getting my air conditioning fixed. And I missed like all the kerfuffle of what was going on with old dude making the rounds on Monday morning ESPN talk shows to just bend over Chris Paul about how he doesn't defend anyone. Um, He gets all the calls, this, that, and the other. And some of it was pretty hilarious just on both sides of it. Frankly, it was good entertainment. Yeah. We know that Chris Paul has been hurt. Yeah. For some time. And he's 37. He's 37. He's hurt. He, I'm sure he probably felt that he was trying to get it this year and he was trying to play through stuff that maybe um, wasn't so smart. And when you have someone like Devin Booker as your teammate, you think you can rely on Devin a little bit more. Yeah. And Devin just couldn't shoot either on Sunday. So there was, there was nothing to bounce back from when your two dudes were zeros. And so I think he still has one more year on his contract with the Suns. I'm sure a lot of it's going to depend on what he does with his body in the off season. And maybe he doesn't play as much. He played a fair amount this season. Yeah, he did. And I don't know whether I, I think he'll come back and play one more year. He's going to get his money. You know I mean? Yeah. A couple of times he didn't get some money and I think he wants it. Um, I'm a, I'm a Chris Paul guy. There's people who don't like some of the antics he has uh-huh. with other players and whatnot. And I think he's been unfairly painted as someone who, you know, can't win a game seven, can't get to the finals, you know, that kind of thing, or can't get to the championship. Right. Um and the reason I say that is I think he gets like he gets attacked by like, you know, there was a year where when he was with the Pelicans, where back when they were the Hornets, mm-hmm. um, they went they were the number two seed, you know, and they and they lost to the then champion Spurs in seven games for having a two nothing lead in that series, and people will say, well, he's you know Mister Two O, Mister O Two, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I think oh, Chris Paul, I look, he took those Pelicans to a, a champion to that far. And mm-hmm. their second best player was David West. Yeah. I mean, this, is, this guy can make everybody around him better, but he's never had anybody else that will help bring him up. And I like Devin Booker. I think he's been, last two or three years especially, he's improved from being an all-star to being that, that top-level guy. He's kind of in that same boat where I had Jason Tatum right now. Yeah. And, and then I like DeAndre Ayton. A lot. I think DeAndre Ayton with Chris Paul is a really good idea. A guy who can use an old school center. But I think that it's Devin Booker's not the guy who's the the the, the one in the three. You know those top three guys. You know the yeah. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and and DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul can't be the number one guy day in and day out. He's thirty seven and playing through a long season and that many playoff games. Yeah, you know, pain in the ass. It's gonna be hard on his body. Oh, for sure. So you either have to either DeAndre Ayton's got to play better, or you just have to realize that, that team doesn't have the type of the Jason Tatum type of player or LeBron or someone like that. I, I I would disagree on the Devin Booker piece. I think 
he just doesn't know how to do it consistently. And yeah, he's been consistent. He's he's been very good. I mean, he's that second level guy to me. And he's he has been inconsistent. As the season goes on, he tires. Yeah, I mean, everybody's everybody. I'm not trying to say he can't make it through a season. I'm, you know, he's been banged up. You know, they all three got banged up at one point or another this year. But I don't know. It was pretty wild just to see Patrick Beverly seriously doing the circuit Monday. Going into Tuesday, he was still John. Yeah. And that's Patrick Beverly talking about. I was like, come on. I know. Yeah. I know. But it was, it's pretty rare that you see somebody kind of wiling out that way in in like every single space that he could. Yeah. And and to do a public, even to do that publicly nowadays is, is, you know, rare. Yes. Now we say that, that it's rare, but something fun happened this week. Oh my goodness. We got welcome, welcome to football season, right? Welcome to football season's here now. I mean, <laughs> this great. This is coach on coach crime and coach Bo is here for this. So in an interview, not an interview, but like in some kind of an upfront deal, Nick Saban was on uh, at an event and spoke this week. And Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama, uh, had a comment. He says, he's talking about recruiting. He says, we finished second this year in recruiting. Team that finished number one, quote, bought every player on their team. Now he's talking about Texas A&M, and he yeah. says Texas A&M. He says that there was number one was Texas A&M. And they bought, and that's the quote, AM bought every player on their team. Yep. That's word for word from Nick Saban. Now, of course, and he explains that he's just through the NIL. Yes. He explains it that way. And he did. And if you go and look, there's like a three-minute clip. The end of that clip, about a minute and a half of that clip on ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. The last 10, 12 seconds, you can see what it really is. Nick Saban is scared of this being the only team tippy-topped when recruiting now. And, and because the Alabama has a lot of collectives, they, can do they, they have money. Yeah. They have a lot of fan pride, but they don't have Texas money. They don't have Texas A&M money, Texas University of Texas money, USC money. And... I don't know. It, it's I, I think he realizes I, in, um, in Jimbo Fisher's uh, response, which was legendary almost, speaking of speaking, speaking, of, uh, speaking your mind, that, uh, that's uh-huh. a tongue twister there. So like it's for the cat. <laughs> speaking of speaking your mind, <laughs> got almost dusty roads on me there. Yep. We get a sip of my water. All right. So in reply, Jimbo Fisher called a press conference. And spoke eloquently for nine and a half minutes about yes. this question. And he goes off, he, he goes off and hard directly at Nick Saban. Yes. That makes a lot of, not only the accusations, but he says, go find the information. It's out there. On two different occasions, he makes, uh, I don't want to say a direct idea, but he lets you know that none of Nick Saban's former coaches like him. <laughs> There is a lot of fun stuff here. I'm all for this as an LSU guy. Let them both scrape each other for a long time. Well, and did you also see the intrigue regarding 
was it the Reddit account or Twitter account related to Slice Bread, who it is now thought to be Nick Saban's burner account, where he no, I, started this slander back in February? Well, I have not seen that. I don't. I have not heard that, and I don't do the whole like message board stuff myself. Yeah, boards are like. I mean, if you if you think Twitter's bad, message boards are like Twitter with a harder slant, especially in these SEC football schools. Yes, people in Kansas are listening. To this they don't know, they don't understand. Like as serious as Kansas basketball is here in Lawrence. Y'all don't understand how it is down there. Yeah, like no. The whole world shuts down on Saturdays in yes. Alabama, in Mississippi, in Louisiana, and in Texas. Yeah. Um, I found it pretty interesting, you know, Jimbo coming out, calling Saban a narcissist. Uh-huh. I disagree with the idea that Alabama doesn't have the money because they do because half their team is in the NFL. So they have plenty of money. You could, you they could, could do it. I've always said that Miami should do that. Miami I mean, should do the same thing. LSU could do the same thing. Yeah, they can yeah. start. And they yeah. will rally alumni, um, former players and all that kind of stuff. And they'll start their own collectives and this, that, and the other because the NCAA just can't yeah. get their head out of their ass. But um I really appreciated Jimbo because he was on Saban's staff, correct? Yeah, at LSU. Yeah. So him basically saying, go look for the dead bodies was really kind of hilarious to me. Yeah, I agree. It's funny to me because if anyone knows where the old school bodies are buried, it's Jimbo Fisher. Oh, yeah. And, and Saban has been taking pot shots at Fisher here and there for the last couple of years with little ones. Yeah. And in the first time any of Saban's um, any of Saban's assistants beat him. Yeah. Finally happens last season. That was a big deal that no Saban assistant had ever beaten him. Yeah. And Fisher beat him and they outplayed him in every which way in that game. So um, I just love it. I'm all for this. I'm all for everything that NIL is doing. I'm all for it. I bring me, take me back to the 1980s, you know, Pony Excess, you know, oh, yeah. Luke in Miami buying Miami football players lap dances. I don't care. It, I, I'm uh, all for this, all in 100%. It's going to be pretty wild at SEC Media Days this yeah. fall. It's well, going to be intense. I, we need to call Jones and see if we can get us a uh, press pass just to watch. It's going to be intense. <laughs> So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I highly recommend checking out the long clip from Jimbo Fisher's press conference. Even the minute 41. I, I saw one that was three watch. minutes. The three-minute one on ESPN.com is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, he goes in, he goes in hard. Yeah. It, it's, you know, the going to more on Saban here. You know, Saban went on Dion this time, too. He went and decided he wanted some of Coach Prime as well. You know, I guess it's going to be, we got, uh, what is the one, the, the, we got Aflac on Aflac crime here. So, and that's what the whole thing is. Like the sliced bread stuff was basically his out to try to start claiming that all of these teams are buying players with NIL. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, listen, you're not always going to have the number one recruiting class. 
And just because everyone is now able to buy players instead of doing it under the table, like they've been doing it for years, maybe it, it evens a playing field in a way that he can't adjust to. So let the parody happen. Yeah. I, I predict this is going to be Nick Saban's last season. I can definitely see him. I can see him saying, I'm not going to coach in an NIL world. Similar to Jay Wright, you know, that was some of the rumor around his retirement from Villanova that it was just too much because it was everything all the time. And there was never an off season. And Saban's what? He's late 60s? Yeah, he's nearing 70. I think he's, I can look it up, but I'm not going to. And he has more money than God and he doesn't have to coach, but what in the hell would he do? Yeah, I wonder... If Nick Saban retired, mm-hmm. how much money would ESPN pay him? But wasn't he? He's been in studio at times. I'm not sure he would be that good. I'm not sure he'd be that good either. He's actually 70 years old. I'm just looking at Okay. Because um, he's not. He's not Bill Snyder old. No, but I. My few fear, people make it to that those ages. <laughs> um, I just he would be so. Yeah. stiff and monotone in studio not if they just told him hey all that shit you said about jimbo that's what he wants you to say yeah you know, he's got it in him i don't think he ever is going to do that i don't think he'd ever do that but i i mean he's going to hold himself as the venerable old man and i but i could see someone paying him to be on a pregame show just because of the name i mean the name of Nick oh Smith. sure he's the, he's the biggest name that would be available in that situation look urban meyer is going to go back to fox Yep. If Urban Meyer can go back to Fox, then Nick Saban should be able to get a job somewhere. Well, would he land at CBS then, since they have the SEC contract? They've only got the SEC for one more season. Oh, okay. And then it goes to ESPN? ESPN. Is that right? Yeah. That was the big $380 million deal. Yep. That actually has increased by by $18 every time they add a team to the conference. Welcome, Texas and Oklahoma. And that's where they kept my hand. They're going to keep buying, too. They're going to buy a couple more. Yep. So, um, all right, here. I Hey, I wanted to – got to talk to our sponsor real quick here. We got to get jump in here. Yeah. And our folks over at Gold Belly. Um, Gold Belly, I was on Gold Belly earlier today for a couple minutes, and I saw something I hadn't seen. And this is Gold Belly Organics. Mm. Uh, it is the Farm Belly Market. Farmer's market, but it's called Farm Belly Market. You can come on here and order like mixed fruit boxes from places. They have something like have, uh, organic juices, just stuff directly from the carrier, just like you would restaurant stuff. But this is all mm-hmm. organic stuff. Um, there is some really cool stuff here. If you haven't been, if you just heard, well, I don't want to order from a restaurant, that kind of stuff. I've talked last week about the meal kits. I've talked about some of the items that are on here. Mm-hmm. This is a cool one. I just, again, just seeing this now. I would definitely check it out. So the Farm Belly Market on Gold Belly, you can go to our show notes. There's a link. Click on it. Take you right over to Gold Belly. Have fun with it. You, with our link, you get uh, $25 off your first $50 purchase. And so we appreciate everybody that does it and supports this podcast and lets us do it for free. We don't have to charge anybody. Either. I don't think anybody paid to listen to me anyway. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, Couple of quick ones, and then I want to ask, and we want to talk about something. But uh, hey, I, if, 
we got to have one more, you know, football thing. I want to do NFL for a minute. I was reading an interesting article on ESPN.com mm-hmm. this morning, and it was talking about the where are current negotiations, the things like the Debo Samuel deal and mm-hmm. Metcalf. And the article didn't just get onto those, but kind of where are those at right now? With those, it looks like Debo's, they're far apart. DK Metcalf, they're going to be closer together. Stuff soon. Okay. Um, but the one that was the couple things that were interesting to me was there was some quotes about the Lamar Jackson deal. You know, Lamar Jackson's going into the last year of his contract. Yeah. He's not signed an extension. According to the article I read on ESPN.com, the issue is not the Ravens. The issue is Lamar. Okay. That And this is the first time I've heard this. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. I guess Lamar, who, who he doesn't have an agent. He represents himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's one thing to understand. Um, he is not uh, currently talking at all about an extension. He's not even filling offers from the Ravens. The Ravens are trying to get with him to talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. And because he represents himself, he's just saying, no, it looks like people are starting to believe that Lamar Jackson is trying to force his way to the open market. He wants to pull up basically a Dak Prescott. Okay. And because there's no, they can't franchise him next year. He's at the end of his country. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, that he's, I, I don't know if he's worried, but I think he's in a situation where he's thinking he can get the most amount of money this way. Um, I mean, certainly if he gets to free agency, there'd be teams that would definitely talk to him. So. Uh, sure. Yeah, but that was kind of, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, another one. Another one was uh, Kyler Murray and talking about how the Cardinals are talking to Kyler Murray about a extension. Okay. We talk a month ago that, you know, people saying, well, the Cardinals even want to keep Kyler Murray. Um, I think they're from what I'm reading, it looks like he's going to have an ex- a guarantee, a bigger a guarantee and an extension probably before the end of training camp. Okay. He, he doesn't want to play under uh, his existing contract. He's saying that, well, I get that one year because he's, He's threatening to he's actually, he's actually threatening saying, hey, I want to get paid now. Well, I mean, seeing the contracts the way they are, you try yeah. to hit while the iron's hot, right? He's in year three, uh, year he's finishing year four, and there's the uh-huh. option year coming. Okay. And then that's the deal with Kyler Murray. And then the Rams are talking about an extension for Aaron Donald, but not in an extension way of his contract. They're actually both parties are talking about totally ripping up his contract and giving him a new one. Basically reworking the, the current, he has three years left on his current deal. Okay. And talking about reworking those three years into a new contract where he would get upwards of over 30 million a year. He'd be the highest paid defensive player, the highest paid non-quarterback in the league. I wonder if the concerns around him retiring that kind of came up around yeah. the Super Bowl, I, I, yeah. the Rams. You wonder if it was the Rams saying that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was Aaron Donald playing the Rams a little bit, saying, hey, I'm going to retire. Right. You're the Rams and come back and say, well, how much money do you need to not go to retire? Right. So, Interesting. Good for him. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to get the next three years. But I haven't seen him much. Well, let's take a look. There's a place to do this. We don't have to do and work that hard. Um, 
Okay, here we go. Aaron Donald is set to make, let's see where Donald's contract is here. Okay, he is set to make, oh my God, he's still grossly underpaid. Okay. Set to make 9.2 million this year. Oh, geez. 14 million next year, 16.7 next year. Yeah. The year after, in 2024. So yeah. yeah, I think he's grossly underpaid now. I think that yeah, I can see where he's gonna get. Say he gets twenty million there, fifteen. He's gonna get if he gets the thirty million a year, and they rework these next three years, he's gonna pick up a, a smooth sixty million in the deal. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I think after the Super Bowl run and everything, it's kind of like let's pay this man what he's worth. Yeah, was it like uh, Teddy KGB? Give that man his money. There you go. <laughs> so, all right. Hey, um, last quick one for you here. I know you're not a wrestling fan, but you had to have heard the wrestling news this week. It's I had much everywhere. I have so, not. 73-year-old Ric Flair. Okay. The greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> he is the greatest wrestler of all time. I, I know you believe this. There, there's nobody better. Anyway, Ric Flair, 73 years old, is coming out of retirement. He has not mm-hmm. wrestled in 20 years. I'm sorry, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Um, he's going to wrestle one match. It's going to be, they haven't said who he's wrestling yet, but the speculation is that it's going to be like a six-man tag team match. And they've built an entire event around this. Okay. It's be in Nashville, uh, the last weekend of July. And so that's the same weekend that the WWE is having um SummerSlam. Uh-huh. They the uh, this independent company, it's actually Ric Flair's son-in-law, who is like one of the biggest podcasters in in, in like the world. Um uh, people don't know who Conrad Thompson is. He's he's you would know who, if you look him up, you probably know exactly who that is. You lived in Alabama. Yeah. First family mortgage. Yeah. 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 He's like the biggest podcaster in sports. And in, in wrestling, he has like he has like eight podcasts. Okay. And they're the I, biggest drawing. When you said the name, I was just like, that's... Yeah, that dude has got... That dude is... And he's, he's Ric Flair's son-in-law. He married I, her... Okay. He married his oldest daughter. Okay. And when you... I'll tell you out there. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Um, yeah. So, do you know... I mean, you've probably heard his voice. You live down that way. Have you yeah. Have what he looks like? Um, He probably did commercials, so I yeah, bet. He's a humongous man. Conrad's like... I, I don't know how tall, but he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and he's he's close to four hundred pounds. I mean, okay. he's a massive, massive man. Okay. He's like a big grizzly bear. He's married to Ric Flair's daughter. I just thought that was funny. Okay. And he does Ric Flair's podcast and everything else. They came up uh-huh. with this idea, and in the wrestling business, the last few years, Conrad Thompson put this thing together where he's got like he has like eight podcasts. Well, he's built a network on. I like what Tyler Jones was doing with this show. Yeah. So uh, what he, he's got though, like ex-wrestlers on his shows like Kurt Angle and yeah um oh who does he have he has Kurt Angle and Bruce Pritchard and Art Anderson and Rick Flair anyway he's had these events before other big events they don't do it for WWE events but like at AEW pay-per-views mm-hmm. have these things called Starcast okay and he goes and gets all these wrestling people to come in and tell stories and do autograph signings and whatnot so they've built one of these all around this last Ric Flair match, which they're hoping to capitalize also off WWE being there the same weekend. So okay. um, 
The rumor is he's going to fight in a six-man, which means he won't be able to bump as much, which is good because he is 73 years old with a pacemaker. Um, but well, Drew, he, he, would, he would just be tagged in last anyways to get the pin, right? Well, I don't know. It won't be anything like that. He's actually been taking bumps. So if you follow him on social media at all, uh, on Twitter and on Instagram, he's been showing videos of him actually working out with uh, Jay Lethal from All Extreme Wrestling or All Elite Wrestling. And uh, are you like taking body slams and bumps over and everything? Okay. He's going to try to do this. He's going to try to get in there and do something. Uh, it'll be, I only have one concern. You know, this guy a couple, you know, I think it was four years ago, they said he almost died. Yeah. A massive situation. He was, in the, he was in a coma for a couple months. I mean, there was this whole thing that no one really knew what his health status was. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he almost died and now he's back and, if you follow him, he like he's a workout freak. I mean, he's always in the gym. He's like his Instagram and TikTok and everything, they're almost as annoying as the rocks. Okay. When it comes to workouts. But he's also a 73-year-old man. If you can do that at 73, God bless you. Yeah. But I I would be so worried to promote that thing. Be like, what if he dies? He's got That's a pacemaker. Funny. If he gets thrown hard enough, you hit the ground hard enough. Couldn't it jog it loose? Couldn't it do some things? I I, I would want to know what the insurance coverage is. That's the other question that, I had. That, I don't know all the business stuff. I want Conrad to let, let us have it all. How much insurance do you have to get to insure a Ric Flair match? Yeah, and I did. I looked Conrad up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen him on okay. coverage. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, he uh, he is like they are. They're all sorts of behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't know it. Well, and he lives in Huntsville, so I yeah. mean. That's where I was at for 12 years. So I'm like, yeah. yeah. The guy, I guess, has a house so big, they call it the Conradison. Uh, it's pretty easy to do down there. Yeah, it's true. That is, that is very true. Okay, it is Alabama. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I just had some concern. Ric Flair is my all-time favorite wrestler. Huh. I've met the man on a couple of occasions. He's the greatest of all time. I mean. Right. But he... I'm just worried that this is going to die in the ring, 73 years old. Well, again, we know to a certain extent that these are scripted. And yeah. so there, there is a game plan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I did listen to his podcast earlier today. Actually, I was driving to Wichita and he talked about it. He hadn't been able to talk about it yet. He talked about it on his podcast and he said, hey, I'm not stupid. You know, I and I appreciate everybody's worried about me, but yeah, we have a game plan. So, you know, unless something goes like stupidly awry, yeah, which does happen. I mean, people just, I'm sure, eventually go on instinct or something doesn't land the way it was supposed to, and yeah. something lands funny or whatever. Um, Goldberg got killed, Bret Hart, yeah, so uh. You know, uh, yeah, be I'm sure all all necessary precautions will be taken. Yeah. But that oh, that event insurance it's got to be ridiculous. That's what I thought too. I was like, you gonna... <laughs> yeah, they're doing they're, they're doing it in Nashville. So I was like, okay, so the, they have Tennessee is one of those places that has like an athletic committee too. So I wonder mm. how they're getting. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting to me. There's, 
Yeah, nerd, nerd stuff jumps in. I don't want to go through all the nerd stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So um, I teased something on Monday. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about it now. So, okay. Um, what I did, uh, so big announcement, nothing's changing with the show or anything. Um, no, all it is, it's kind of personal. So I'm going to talk about this. And you, for full disclosure, people don't know, Ellen's one of my best friends. We've been friends for God knows how many years now. Going on 30-ish probably. Knocking on 30, yeah. Yeah. So uh, she's also someone who's been a confidant and trustee to me over my entire adult life. Hmm. And um, we kind of had a talk last week and Mm -hmm. I've been some things I've been thinking about and going through and I trust Ellen quite a bit. I had the same discussion with my wife, Jen, and uh, I'm, I'm going, I just started therapy, which I hadn't done in about 20 years. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'm doing is I'm actually making some changes in my life, not just through therapy. I've, um, it's not just that it's also people who know me as well know I'm overweight. I've been thinking about this and trying to commit to some things. And so I've committed to doing some more workouts, getting in better shape, trying to lose some weight because I'm not getting any younger. And so what I'm doing is I'm just going to share something every day, okay. uh, whether that be about my journey with this weight loss thing and, and some of the things I'm going through emotionally. Um, I decided I'm just going to share every day. So I never give out my personal like Twitter and Instagram, any of that stuff, but I'm going to do that today. Um, on Instagram, you just go the Brian O'Connor. Brian's with a Y, O'Connor's o, o, all O's, no E's. And if you find that, um, I've been on Instagram for a couple of years. I have never posted a thing. Huh. Never had a post until Monday. Mm-hmm. So on a new Sunday night when I recorded the pod, I was going to start Monday. So mm-hmm. I waited to talk to my workout Monday. Um, Tuesday, I actually did it here at the office because I was working late, um, doing my thing for the Jones Report and uh, and real work. And uh, I posted something then. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, I went to post something, lost it. That was my fault. We're recording this Thursday. I'm going to record something a little bit. I still got steps to get in today. But it's just something where I'm going to kind of use it as a journal and I want people that people that know me, that love me. Um, I've had two or three people who have stepped in this year and said to me, are you okay? Uh, I guess I was showing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother came to me recently, said a little something to me and um, you know, my wife and I talked about some things. I brought it out to her, said, Hey, what do you think? Uh, she mentioned her experiences over the last couple of years. I'm not going to share all that here, but um, she mentioned that something that helped her was um, uh, cerebral, mm-hmm. which is a way of, it's one, an online therapy and, uh, and they help you with some medications. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've already started, started this past week. So we'll see how it goes and how this yeah. is going to go. I uh, was disappointed in my very first, I had a very Rodney Dangerfield kind of moment. I, uh, my very first therapy appointment, the first one you meet with the doctor, you know, and they, they help you, they walk you through everything. And we yeah. meet with your therapist later. So I met with my, th- I was going to meet with my therapist. I'm in the little window. I'm sitting at my desk here at work. And, you know, it's private here. So it's really, it's kind of easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in the waiting room online. I can see me there. Uh-huh. And it was supposed to be at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'm on like 10 till. You know, I'm just, I was here at my office. I'm going to get on early because if they jump on, hey, we'll get started. Sure. So two o'clock comes, no problem. 2.15 comes. I'm like, what's going on? 
2.30. I was a little pissed. And then I realized it could be 3 o'clock. But it was too maybe got mixed up in the invite, the Zoom invite or whatever. That the time zone. Time zone stuff. changes. Yeah. But maybe that's what it was. I stayed on. At 3.15, I sent a message like, no, this is bullshit. I'm so fucked up in my head right now that I, my own therapist doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> I mean, it's just very Rodney Dangerfield here. And I tell you, I was so fucked up. My own therapist won't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that didn't lead to any problem. That was, that was just a goof off when I heard that, when I thought of that. Um, but folks have been going through some stuff. And, you know, part of the reason to do this podcast was to help inspire people and doing some things. We've done a lot of sports stuff and kind of doing the takes and we're evolving yeah um but i wanted to say that what i'm going to do is share the experience online um in a way that i never really have you know me a lot of years i don't really do a lot of personal things like that when i'm online mine's usually you know basking in the glow of being correct about things or (laughs) those i disagree with yeah um but it's it was time for me to try something extremely different Okay. And um, so I'm going to do that and see what this is going to be. And, um, you know, I've been dealing with sometimes debilitating, you know, um, depression, which I never really thought was a thing. I, I heard about that some people had this. Yeah. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't have something like that. Totally did. I mean, even so much I've had two or three times where I was going to record a podcast and I'm like, oh, I just don't want to go record a podcast right now. I don't want to talk about anything. I just be left alone. Yeah. And so yeah, kind of, and I'm a guy who's usually been pretty jovial. I've been outgoing, you know, all my adult life. And I never really had issues being outgoing. Never had angst or uh, anxiety. Mm, you never acknowledged it. It was probably yeah. it's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yes. You're a hundred percent right. You know, it's probably there, but I never really said anything about it or noticed it. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't notice it and maybe you just don't think about it. You know, you kind of, maybe sometimes you try not to think about it. Or I had gotten in that for a long time. Yeah. And a lot of us have been told a lot of our lives that we can't be emotional or too emotional, or we have to be a certain way and present ourselves in ABC way, even though we feel X, Y, Z. And it's, it's tough to reconcile that. Yeah. And so I, I, this is, you know, again, this is just me sharing. Some people are going to hear this and go, well, welcome to the fucking club. You're about mm-hmm. 10 years behind. And that's fine. If you think that cool, you know, I, I'm not going to judge you. Um, I, but I'm going to try some things and try to see what, how this works. You know what? I think it's tremendous that you're talking about this and that you're willing to be open about it. Um, I have struggled my entire life with depression. If you, you want recommendation on drugs, fortunately I've landed on one that's worked well. I just got one prescribed this week. So um, have patience with it because it's going to take a couple of months for it to kind of get into your system and for you to figure out if it's doing anything. Uh, But it's tough and May is mental health awareness month. So what a perfect time to really kind of face your mirror and address this. And I'm going to support you any way that I can. And if you ever want to bring some of that here 
to our listeners. Let's do it. We're going to from time to time. You know, we've got some things coming up right now. We've got planned for the next few weeks, but we're yeah. going to talk about these things. And hell, it may be times where I just scrap everything and we're going to talk about stuff. I mean, okay. That's just how it is. I mean, it's our, it's our podcast. We can do it if we want. <laughs> so there's a reality outside of sports. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a lot of fun with sports. And then we realize that it's just a part of your life. It can be a great distraction. Yes, that, that's well put. Yeah. So that was the big announcement. You know, I mean, follow me. My Instagram is the Brian O'Connor. If you don't know, Brian's with a Y. O'Connor has got all O's, no E at the end. You got to tell people because if not, you know. Uh, but if you follow me there, I appreciate everything. I do see every message, I see every comment. Um, and it has been almost unanimously um, positive. Good. Get a knucklehead once in a while. We'll fuck those guys, you know. Cool. You know, call me a fat guy you want. I'll come over here and tell tell your mama something. <laughs> so. as, I, as I've told my son um, numerous times, you can live a much better life if you just live by the mantra of don't be a dick. Yeah. Mine that I have said over the last few years is we don't be shitty to people. Yeah. I found a poem, though. I actually saw the video and I found a poem and I really like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is actually a, a poem written by Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. So it says, uh, when asked um, what do you want, how you want to be remembered, he took a few cups of love. He took one tablespoon of patience, one teaspoon of generosity, one pint of kindness. He took one quart of laughter, one pinch of concern. And then he mixed willingness and happiness. He added lots of faith. And he stirred it up well. He then spread it over a span of a lifetime, and he served it to each and every deserving person he met. Yeah. And I just thought about kindness this week. You know, I just thought about some of those things, and I wanted to. That poem touched me, and uh, I've been a little emotional for a few days. So I just thought I wanted to share some things today. So thank you for allowing me to do that with you. And you're a great friend. I appreciate it. Hey, it's okay to have emotions. They're important. Yeah. So um, do you have anything you want to add? I mean, you've been uh, great to me. I just, anything else you want to talk about? Any other? No, I mean, I, I think I wanted to, as we kind of learn, you know, as you kind of go through this journey, I just want you to know that I'm here and I've been through a lot of it. I've gone through all the yeah. dark phases and been in all the dark places So, you know, I, have talked to you a lot about this offline. I'm happy to talk about it on the pod. It, it's scary and it, it is overwhelming and you just want to lay in bed. And sometimes that's what you have to do. (laughs) Well, I appreciate your your comments last week when we were talking offline. It really helped quite a bit. We've had two or three weeks we've been talking and you've been helpful. And I think some of your talks along with you know obviously having a nice chat with the wife who mm-hmm. is super supportive of everything um just made me start thinking about stuff and i was like you know i, I my brother came to me about a month or two ago and said hey I'm, I'm a little worried are you okay I was like, yeah. yeah yeah i mean he can read me like a book i'm never playing poker against barry um but he um I, he it was it was kind of the first clink and then and i know jim jen's always worried about me but yeah. uh, I think even more so recently. So um, well, you guys help. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, no, sometimes when you actually, when you presume that no one cares and that no one sees you, and when people start showing that they do, it makes things click. So I'm glad. I'm glad for you for that. Well, thank you. Let's get up out of here. Uh, I want to say thanks to Tyler Jones and everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you guys do behind the scenes. Uh, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. If you've got a moment, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, give us a review. We appreciate every five-star review. Um, thanks again for uh, Ellen for coming on. Um, it's been a, been a week. <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed this one, and uh, I remember the last couple of weeks. Let's get out of here. Until uh, next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Bring your time tokens around the world.